0: So, that's what we pray. Amen. Well, Lord, we thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. And we just say, do more. And um, we know you won't leave us, but you will bring us to completion, God. And so we just thank you for that. Amen. I was thinking the other day, and I, was, I wanted this question came to my mind. So, what's the difference between dedicating my life to a thing or wasting my life on a thing? What's the difference between dedicating my life to a thing or wasting my life on a thing? And I believe the answer is it depends on what the thing is. <laughs> it depends on what the thing is. And we determine whether we're wasting our life or we're dedicating our life. It's totally up to us. And it's in what we invest ourselves into. And... Um, so I was just thinking about, it. I believe it's, it's the nobility of the thing, the truth of the thing, the excellence of the thing that I'm giving my strength to, that determines whether I'm wasting it or not. I don't want to waste my life. How do you feel that way? You know you want your life to count for something? When you look back, you want to see some footprints in the sand that you left, you know, when you're done here, like you actually were here and it mattered, amen? So that's what we're going for, we want to really Matter. We are significant. You believe that? You are significant. Amen? Well, if you want to open your Bible to Hebrews 11, that's, that's the Hall of Faith is what they call it. In, in, in the Hall of Faith. <laughs> Songs come to mind. I do not apologize anymore. I'm embracing my strangeness <laughs> and my heavy breathing at times in the microphone we'll probably end up breaking up this into a couple of different messages it's part of what we started last week but um, I want to title it this we're we're in the season of we're wanting to stir up the gift of discernment we're wanting to stir up our ability to know the truth and not be deceived how many would would think it would really be horrible to, to feel like you are dedicating your life to a thing, and yet it was not the right thing, or it was the wrong direction, right? So we, we want, the Lord created some things, some giftings and some things He could wire into us that would keep us from doing that, keep us from being deceived, keep us from wasting our time on a thing that doesn't deserve our life and our energy, and it's a gift of discernment. And every one of us, when we came to Jesus, and He came and lived inside of us, He brought Holy Spirit with Him. And Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And He will lead us. His, his job description is to lead us and to guide us into all truth. And to make known to us all of the things that Jesus knew. That's His job. That's, wh- that's who Holy Spirit is here. That's what He's here to do, is to reveal truth. Now, giftings come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but those things are not separate from His core value of what He's here to do. The gifts are meant to prop up the truth that He's teaching us. (laughs) Gifts work. The, the, The giftings of the Spirit work, but if they are not backed and anchored in the truth, then we could be getting our source of strength from a different spirit, from a different realm. Psychics have a gift. They know mysteries, not all of them. They, they know the mystery of making money off of fools, <laughs> right? But there, there are many people that do have a gift. I, I, I love to hear the stories of... Um, psychics who do help out police, the police department in finding bodies that, where parents have been crying for 20 years to find their child and they've never found and the psychic can lead them to it. It is a gift. They're not getting their, their answers from the right spirit, but they are operating in a gift. They're operating in a gift. I don't want to operate in my gift and get my power from a wrong realm. The only way to keep that from happening is to be anchored in truth. It's time for us, um, and Matt sent a text yesterday that just confirmed some things that we had been talking about in private. And I know that, that um, Stephen really is, is calling us men to dive into the Word of God. Like if we're not anchored to the Word of God, then we will be deceived. If you do not have a love affair with the Bible, you will be deceived. So dust the Bible off every day. Get into the Word. If you don't know where to read, just find somewhere and read it. It's all good. It's all good. And it's, it's better than the movies. It's better than the, the stories. Even, even when pastors, when we stand up here and we tell you the stories of the Bible, it's better when you read it for yourself. Because we're telling our viewpoints and how we feel and what we've sensed when we're reading it. And we're kind of giving it from our perspective. But when you read it, you may get a completely different revelation out of it. And that's good. You need to do that. You need the word. You need to be anchored to the word. Amen. Amen. And today I want to talk about um, a, a, a thing that can keep us from deception is faith looks like something. Will you say that with me? Faith looks like something. We've heard Chris Ballatin and, and others have taught love looks like something. Like there's, a, there's an expression of love where people can say, wow, that person loves because of this expression, because it looks like something, it's tangible. Well, faith is tangible. Faith is not a mystery. You guys Okay. And the Lord wants to teach us as a church that, uh, that when we claim faith, faith is not believing in a concept. That's part of it, but that's not all there is to faith, saying, I believe in something. I believe Jesus is something. Faith will then bring us into an action that confirms the thing that we say we believe in. Faith without action is not faith. It's actually dead. Faith without works is dead. That's what James says. What else brings death? The devil. So if I do not accompany the things that I say I believe with actions that look like what I say I believe, then I'm not operating in faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to even please God. He's not saying if you don't believe everything correctly, and if your theology is not just right, then you can't please me. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if the things that you believe about me do not become an action in your life that shows me what you believe, then it is impossible to please me. See, there's this misconception that, that when we ask Jesus into our heart, then we're done. And that we're a complete, completed work. And that there's nothing else left to do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. Absolutely, I believe that with all of my heart. But a new creation looks like something. A new creation acts like something, acts like a new creation. So for us to stop short, and this is a word for our church, this is a word for me, this is a word for all of us, to challenge ourselves and ask, does my faith look like something? Do the things that I say I believe actually propel me or compel me into activity where someone can look at my life? They cannot talk to me. They cannot ask me my viewpoint, but can know that I'm a believer simply by the way that I live. The Bible even says that unbelievers can discern whether or not we're of God or not by the works that we do. He says, Live such good lives among unbelievers. He didn't say, Go hide in your churches and in your prayer closet and confess things that you believe, but then don't act it out. He says, Live these things that you confess. Your confession must look like something. So much so that even an unbeliever can look at you and know that you're a believer and that they will in turn glorify God. Because of what? Our belief system? Or because of our actions. James said it really well. He says, You say you have faith, and, and this person says they have works. Well, I show you my faith by the things that I do. I prove this to you. We opened up what we read about how God is someone that we can taste, someone that we can feel. He's real, He expresses Himself, He reveals Himself through actions, He's demonstrative. He shows his love. The Bible even says in Romans 5 that God demonstrated his love for us. In other words, he showed us before we were formed in our mother's womb, his love for us. He played it out on a stage for us to see that he is exactly what he says he is. And he feels exactly what he says he feels. God does not leave us with empty promises. He does not confess things and just say, just take my word for it. You can even find it when He says, test me in your tithes and your offerings and see. Test and see if I won't do what I say I will do. Why would God offer us the opportunity to test Him? Because He's been doing it from the beginning. From the beginning, He has continued to demonstrate who He is to us. He's not just words on a page. He's a living, active person who has relationship with us, who wants to demonstrate Himself to us. And if we are His people, the sheep of His pasture, then our faith has to look like something. Our faith has to demonstrate our belief in who He is. William Young, the author of The Shack, I know I've given you this quote before, but it's perfect for what we're talking about today. He says, transformation is only complete when there is no difference between the truth of our being and the way of our being. Transformation is only complete. It's only real when the things that we say we believe are true are demonstrated by the way we act. Faith looks like something. Again, we've brought this topic up many times before. If there was one um, issue that the world would have with the church, if we, if we could break it down, there would have be many different answers of, of, of things that the world hates about the church, about religion. It would be broken down to the hypocrisy of what we say we believe and the way that we act. They may be different categories, but if you brought it down to one main theme, the overwhelming uh, theme would be hypocrisy, which means we put on a face and we say something here, but we're doing something else over here. And there there has to be, there cannot be a disconnect between the confession of our faith and the action of our faith. Faith has to look like something. See, if I... If I allow my faith to move me into action, I will not be deceived. Let me read this real quick from James. We'll get to Hebrews 11 in a moment, but here's James 1, starting with verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, <laughs> knowing that the testing of your faith, everyone say testing of your faith, It produces endurance. Now, in my head, I'm as strong as I've always been. I can bench press what I've always been able to bench press, but if I actually pulled out my weight system at my house and dusted it off and tried to even lift half of what my max bench press was, I would probably choke myself. I would need Mandy to come and help me, spot me, right? Come and spot me, babe. I know it's just the bar. But come spot me, babe. (laughs) Because there's a disconnect between the action and the activity of my physical body, the testing of my muscle, and the theory of my muscle. Faith is not tested in our theories. God does not allow our theories to be tested. The testing of our faith comes from the expression of our faith. It says it right here. The testing of our faith is what causes endurance. There's an exertion of energy. That pressing against the thousand pound rock is the testing of my faith. When I'm pressing against this rock, my theories aren't being tested of whether they're true or not. The action of whether I will act out on these truths or not is what's being tested and by pressing against this rock, I am creating an endurance and a strength in me that doesn't come from the theories in my head. He says, be careful because there will be false prophets that will come and they will, they will try to deceive you through empty philosophies, empty theories, empty theologies. And they're just arguing and talking about stuff that, that there's no expression to it. So he says, the testing of our faith produces endurance. Endurance. And endurance must have its perfect result so that we can be complete and perfect, not lacking anything. How awesome is that? <clears throat> then we um, go on down and it says, Therefore, let's put aside all filthiness and all the, all the remains that are wicked. And in humility, in humility, let's receive the word that's implanted in us, which is able to save our souls. And then he says this, verse 22. But prove yourselves... Doers, everyone say doers Doers. of the word, not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word only and not a doer of the word, he's like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and then completely forgets what he looks like. Faith looks like something. We have heard enough sermons and gospel and truth and revelation to turn the world upside down. Are you guys with me? It's okay for us to... I'm challenging church people. Myself, I'm one. I'm a church boy. I've heard who knows how many sermons. I I can only remember once or twice in my whole life, maybe a handful of times, that we've missed church anywhere, where I didn't go to church. Even if I, when we were out a couple weeks ago and we took a vacation, when, when I get home, I go to Bethel Church and watch it on TV. I, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. It's just, I've heard so many messages, so many sermons. And if I would take the things that I've heard, and if we would take the things that we already know, do the good we already know to do, and put it into action, we would turn the world upside down. And we would, be, we would be part of the movement that's changing the world's perception of the church. It says their faith looks like something. Their love looks like something. They're not claiming stuff. They're just doing it and backing up the things that they've said all along. I don't want to be a church that claims we have these tenets of faith and these theologies and these foundations that we believe, and yet there's no visible, tangible expression of those things. You guys still with me? Say, faith looks like something. something. See, when faith is not mixed with an action, it's empty and it will always lead us into deception. Faith is an encounter. Faith is an encounter. It's not a theory. It's not a theory, all right? Let's go to Hebrews 11. Actually, let's do this first. The activation of our faith guards us from deception. Discernment comes from our agreement. So when, when I come into agreement with God and what He says, then He gives me a discernment where I can know what's good and what's right and what's true and what's not. And it's important to also know that agreement... Looks like something as well. I, I, I love the example that I heard um, years ago. A, agreement is, is like you have a lamp here, but it's not plugged into any power. You can turn the lamp on all day long, and there's no, it has no, no, no reason for being. It It's not helpful in any way. But if you plug it into a, a power source, that's agreement. Well, I'm creating, a, a creating agreement between the purpose of the lamp and the purpose of the power that's in the wall. And that agreement looks like something. The lights come on. There's effectiveness to it. So our agreement with God gives us the, the ability to discern things and agreement looks like something as well. See, God is the vine and we're the branches, right? John 15, God is the vine. We are the branches. Did you know that He requires fruit from us? My eternal salvation is not the only fruit that my life is to produce. There's fruit that He requires from us. I remember the story when Jesus is walking by the fig tree, and there was no figs on it. And He just cursed the tree. (laughs) Alright, tree, you're done. You will never bear fruit again. And it withered up and died. Because God, he, He possesses the right to require fruit, even from a tree that maybe was out of season, John the Baptist told the brood of vipers. He loved to take people off, I guess. He was crazy. Luke 3, he says, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to run away from the judgment that's coming after you? You hypocrites. Who warned you? And then he gave him a command. This is in Luke 3, 8 and 9. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, produce fruit that proves that you repented. This is not a works gospel, but it's not a words gospel. It is a marriage of words and works. It's a marriage of confession and action in my life. That's the full gospel. If you take away one, the gospel falls apart. If I only believe in faith and I'm, I have everything that I need, I don't have to do anything else, I don't have to come any closer to the Lord, I've already accepted Him into my heart, I have everything that I need right now, then we're missing the rest of the gospel. And we'll, we'll live a life where we're easily deceived by theologies and theories that are not based in the Word of God. But equally, if I live on the opposite side and say, well, I'm going to prove my faith, By my works. And I'm going to do all of these outward things. And I'm going to do all these signs and show everyone how awesome I am. But I'm not doing any of it with faith. I'm just doing it because I want people to know that I'm a good person. That's equally as disturbing. We have to marry the two. I love the song by, um, who is it? Sanctus Real. if If you don't have faith, you have nothing at all. If you don't have deeds, your faith will fall. They can't be true without each other. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote it. You think your faith is where you sit on Sunday morning. You have a front row seat where you can be seen snoring. <laughs> Throughout the week, you live your life inside a bubble. You find your happiness avoiding people's troubles. You state your faith will get you by, uh, that you won't be left behind. He goes, you might be right, but that's not good enough. And then it's the other. Let's see, how's it go? Anyway, he talks about the, the deeds. You write the the check, you invite the homeless where you sleep, you do all of these things, but you have no faith connected to it. He you know, that's not good enough either. You have to have both. Look the song up. I don't remember what it's called, but it's awesome. Sanctus Real. It's a really cool song. And that's the truth. You can't have one without the other. There has to be a marriage of faith and works. Or the gospel falls apart. You guys still with me? I know I took a rabbit trail there. I apologize. I would have played the song if I had it up. (laughs) See, the gospel has little value to those who don't utilize it. It has no value unless it brings transformation. Romans 1, 16, 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. For what? Salvation. And then it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by it. We'll live by it. The gospel is an active thing. It has to be demonstrated. Let's go to Hebrews 11 real quick. And I I was going to read all of this, but for time's sake, I'm not going to read it all. You can finish later, but you'll get the, the idea. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. We bought into a lie in the church world where we believed that faith was belief in something. We did. We bought into a lie that our confession of what we believe became faith. That's not faith. Faith is the substance of things that we hope for. It is the physical, tangible evidence of the things that you can't see. It's faith is going into the unseen realm and pulling it into the seen realm. You guys okay? Now listen how this whole this whole uh, chapter here it's talking about men and women of faith from the Bible. And listen how uh, we can read the rest later, but let's hit a couple of them. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed. By faith, the universe was what? Formed. There was an action that came with it. At God's command. So that what is seen was made out of what was not seen. So faith took a confession and spoke it to where the confession in the heart of God became reality that you and I now walk around on every day. Our feet touch the action, the activity, the creativity of God every day when we walk around. When you walk to the parking lot, go through the grass, and you're stepping on the reality of God that was in His heart, that He confessed it, and it became real. By faith, Abel did what? He offered a better sacrifice. The faith looked like something to Abel, so he did something to prove the things that were in his heart. Jesus told his disciples, they were were complaining because all your disciples don't wash their hands when they eat. They're just such horrible men. He's like, it's not what goes into a man that makes a man unclean. It's what comes out of a man. It's the activity of a man that proves what's in the heart. Out of the overflow of the heart. The activity of the heart. The visible, tangible substance of what's in the heart is what we see out here. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. Ha, <laughs> See, faith lives on. It is perpetual. It is eternal. The things that are done by faith, they don't go away. You guys okay? By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. Some other translations. By faith, Enoch walked with God until he was no more. By faith, he walked. Hear all the descriptive words of faith here all through this chapter. Let's skip on down. Verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He is the rewarder. Of those who what? Diligently seek Him. There's another action that's connected to our faith. The reward is attached to our diligently seeking Him. By faith, Noah, when he was warned by God of things that had not been seen before, built an ark out of holy fear. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He went to a land where he was a stranger. He did what God told him to do. Faith looks like something. You can read through this whole thing. Every example in in the hall of faith here in Hebrews 11, by faith, this person acted. By faith, this person obeyed the Lord in activity. By faith. And then it goes on and says, By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, Joseph did this. By faith, by faith, by faith, Moses. (laughs) By faith, the walls of Jericho fell when they walked around them. Verse 30. Verse 31. By faith, a prostitute named Rahab welcomed the spies into her home and gave them safe pasture. And her action was accounted to her as righteousness. And he goes, I don't even have the time to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith, what did they do? Conquered kingdoms, administered justice, And gained what was promised. How did they show their faith? They acted. How did they receive the fullness of the promise from God? Through their faith in action. Verse 38. The world was not worthy of them. And now. Since we're surrounded by all of these witnesses, let us run this race. Faith looks like something. <clears throat> I'm going to close with this thought. See, Jesus was internally the Messiah from birth. Right? But He was hidden for at least 12 years before He starts teaching everyone at the temple. And Scared his parents half to death. Right? And then there's this whole gap in his life too until he's around 30 or so. And his mom says, hey, they're out of wine. Would would you fix this? He carried the fullness of the kingdom in him. But until there was a demonstration of it, people had nothing to connect their beliefs to. Until he physically demonstrated he was the Messiah, people didn't know he was the Messiah. Even though it was true that he was the Messiah. You understanding this. Until he acted upon who he was, people had nothing to grab hold of. So he could have gone around saying, I'm the Messiah, you better just believe me because I'm God. He could have done that. But in the nature of his father, he says it, I do what I see my Father doing. So when you see me do these things, it's because my Daddy wants you to know that He's a God of action and He's real and you can touch Him. You don't have to be scared of Him. And to show you that I'm in my Father, I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to cast out demons. I'm going to demonstrate my belief that I'm in my Father and my Father's in me. Because my faith, as Jesus said, Jesus could have said this, my faith looks like something. I'm not selling you this cheap gospel that has no reality to it. There's tangible evidence. In John 14, I want to read this. Actually, let me... Ah. Let's read Luke five seventeen. One day he was teaching, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him, and he began to perform miracles. And some of the men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were trying to get him to, uh, and set him down in front of Jesus. But they couldn't find a way to bring him in because the house was too crowded. So they went to the roof. Faith looks like something. They went to the roof, cut a hole in this guy's roof. I'm sure he was very happy about that. And they lowered him down into the crowd in front of Jesus. And then what does it say next? When he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, they could have said, oh Jesus, we believe you can heal him. But they demonstrated their faith to an extent, to where they created some kind of spy conspiracy or whatever and lowered this guy into the house, Mission Impossible style, lowered him down into this house right there where Jesus was. And he saw their faith. And he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. Could people see whether their sins were forgiven or not? It was in this abstract world. It's real, but they couldn't see it. So he says, guys, your action of faith, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to say and reason within themselves. Who is this man who's speaking blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God? But Jesus, aware and discerning their thoughts, answered to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? And so here's what he says. Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up from your mat and walk? But to prove to you, see, this is about salvation. To prove to you that I have power on earth to forgive sins, get up and walk. Because they needed to see a physical demonstration that this guy who claims he's the Messiah, who claims to be able to forgive sins, but we have no way to prove it because it's in this world we cannot see, humbles himself and says, I'll prove to you that I can forgive sins. Get up and walk. If I can do that, I can forgive sins. So he took his stretcher and he immediately got up and he went home glorifying God and they were all astonished and began to praise God and they were filled with fear and they said, we have seen remarkable things today. We have seen remarkable things today. That would not have happened if his friend's faith didn't look like something. And it also wouldn't have happened if Jesus's faith didn't look like something. In John 14, and I promise this is it. John 14 says, if you had known me, you would also know my Father. From now on, you do know Him. Oh. Oh, Knowing Jesus automatically causes us to know the Father. How awesome is that? And you have not only known Him, but you've seen Him. Did you see that? You know Him, but you've also seen Him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father. Where is he? Let's see him. And that will be enough for us. And Jesus said, how long have I been with you? And yet you have not come to know me. He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show me the father? I'm right here. Do you not believe that I am in the father? And the Father is in me. The words that I say, listen to him. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative and authority. But the Father, what's it say there? The Father abiding in me does his works. It's John 14, 7 through 15. The things Jesus is telling him, look, the things I'm saying to you, I'm not just talking, I'm not just blowing smoke, I'm telling you the truth, right? And the miracles that you see because of my belief system, you're seeing because my Father in me does work, He does works. And He says to them, verse 11, John 14, verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus would always defend that. Believe me, I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. Listen to me. If You've seen me. You've seen the Father. And then he says something amazing. Verse 11, the end of verse 11. Otherwise, believe me because of the works that I do. If me telling you that I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and I can connect you to this unseen realm, if that's not enough for you, at least believe because of my faith in action. At least believe because of the works themselves. See, signs and wonders are awesome, and we need to see signs and wonders. It's time for us to see them happen again. Not because the signs and wonders will cause people to believe, or cause us to believe, but because they will connect us to an eternal realm it will connect us to the things that we couldn't see and it will give us something to hold on to it will give the world something to hold on to to say you know what I believe because I've tasted and I've seen this God is able to do the impossible he is the God who can take a piece of pottery that's shattered on the ground and he can pick it up and he can make it moist again and put it back on the wheel and make it into something more beautiful than it was before that's all of our testimonies And he can do this for everyone. He's real. And then he gives them an invitation. Look, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. I'm not just talking. At least believe me because of the things you're seeing. Because my Father does works through me. I can't even contain this. He just does this because I see him do it. I have to do it. And then in verse 12, he gives them an invitation. And he goes, truly, truly, I say to you, if you believe in me, The works that I do, you will also do. Your faith will also look like something. If you believe in me, and you add action to your beliefs, you will do exactly the things that I've been doing. But not just that, you will do even greater things than these. Because I will go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do that for you, so that the Father can be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. And then he finishes with this. If you love me, obey my commandments. Love, faith, they look like something. You guys okay? There has to be a conviction that grips the church again. That says if, if, if the way of my being doesn't match the truth of my being, then I need to, to get in touch with God. If the things that I confess aren't tangible, if I can't touch them, if I can't see them, if others can't sense them, then I need to have a transformation take place. I need the washing of the Word. I need the Word of God to come alive inside of me and produce fruit. There has to be fruit to our lives. You guys okay? This is a call to us as a church. We want to stay away from deception then there has to be a connection between our confession and the actions of our life. Because I cannot be deceived if I'm busy doing the things I know to do. It's impossible to be deceived if I'm doing what I see Jesus do, if I'm saying what I hear Jesus say. You will never go down the wrong path following Jesus' example. Don't follow men. Don't follow ladies. Don't follow worship teams and churches. They're all over the world and they're awesome. They're everywhere. But follow the person of Jesus Christ. Follow Him. Read the Word for yourself. Become so familiar with the Word that, that when something comes up that's not true, you don't even have to think about it. Like, I already know the Word. That doesn't seem right. That's not the Father. God, why does this seem wrong? He will reveal Himself to us. He doesn't want us to sense these things just so we can pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, see, I can tell right from wrong. He he wants us to sense these things so, number one, we can be connected to him and not stray. And then we can also show others, hey, this is the way, guys. Come on. We're going to new territory. We're making a map so you can come with us. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. I cannot follow steps of righteousness if I can't obey orders. Faith looks like something. If God gives us a command and we say yes, sir, to him, that's not weakness. I always you know we use this example a lot, but when someone tells us to do something, we just do it because they told us to, we we've bought the lie that there's that there's no victory in that that there's no honor or power in that because I don't believe, I'm just doing it because they told me to. You're acting in faith in accordance to what we were instructed to do. There's a reward that comes with that. Lord, we ask you now to, yeah, just stir up a conviction in our heart where we are not satisfied until our actions Mirror our confessions, God. God, our faith must look like something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, it is the physical, tangible evidence of things not seen. This just got real. (laughs) Holy Spirit, teach us. Teach us truth. Give us instructions. Instruct us, and we will say yes. Lead us in the way everlasting. We are alert, Uh we are self-controlled, we are on guard, and we're not looking for the enemy or for the tactics of the enemy. We have diverted our attention to look for what you're doing. (laughs) and We're looking for what you're doing and we're going to jump in and do it with you God. Would you stand and just pray for someone close to you uh, along the lines of the thought of today? Thank you all for being patient and, and hanging in there. God, we ask for truth to come. For the whole Bridge Church, God, every family, every person. I pray today marks a change and a shift. Your word says these signs will follow, (laughs) will accompany those who believe. God, stir up a love in us now for your word, your written word. Thank you Lord, don't forget salvation. Call and do you want me to turn on worship music right now? Lord? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just want to ask if you're here, would you close your eyes? If, if you're here and your connection with God's broken and you want to fix that, don't wait. Right now is the time. Again, we say this all the time, but the moment your heart turns towards Him. He comes to you, so so the salvation isn't in your in your prayer. It isn't in your in your confession. It's in your turning your heart toward the Lord. The confession follows it, but it's that turning your heart. So if you're here and your heart is turning towards the Lord right now, and you you just want to commit yourself to him, would you just raise your hand and then you can put it right back down? We just want to pray for you. yeah we, so, Lord, we want our families, our sons and daughters to be saved. You said you'd give us our whole household. <laughs> and we say yes to that. Yeah. If you need prayer for anything, don't leave without it being solved or resolved. If you need healing in your body. Someone will meet you right here to pray for healing. Again, if you do want to pray with someone for salvation or reconciliation, Or a miracle, come here to the middle. We believe God does miracles. He's still demonstrating his love for mankind. He didn't just do it one time. He continues to demonstrate his love. So we bless you guys. You're awesome. It's a good day. If you see Bertha, tell her happy birthday. Today's her birthday. (laughs) Bertha's right over there hiding. Happy birthday, Bertha. Double blessing on you as well. You guys are amazing. We love you guys. Be blessed.